The old paradigm is not working anymore. Too many people are suffering. Too many people medicate to get through a normal day. Too many people live a life of quiet desperation instead of shining their light. We need a new form of human sustainability, where organizations actually take care of their most important asset, you, and where you truly lead your life. Welcome to the Energy Paradigm Show. We believe that everyone has talent and purpose and deserves a chance to shine, to matter, to make a difference. That's the energy paradigm. Can you envision a life you want to subscribe to? Enough dreaming. Deep down inside, there is a game changer in you. It's time to wake up and take action. My guest today is C.G. Funk, an energetic and visionary game-changer who has actively shaped the international spa industry. A former senior executive of Massage Envy, the largest spa franchise on the planet, and a multiple award winner who was inducted into the Massage Therapy Hall of Fame. We're discussing the role of energy work and therapeutic touch and how being in your body and allowing yourself to feel can truly change your life. And here's CG. CG, you have such an outstanding career with Massage Envy, but let's go back in time. Why did you choose bodywork as the center of your work life? Yeah, that's a great question, Victor. You know, I was in sales and marketing for ski resorts for my the first part of my adult career life. And I had a friend that had that purchased a gift certificate for me when I was 21 for a massage therapist, um, Native American healer. So I, you know, in in, our, in my time, which was many years ago, massage wasn't even well known, let alone well utilized. So I went to visit this healer and he worked on my body, my muscular skeletal system for about three hours. And I came out of there and I was just changed. I, it had this profound effect on me. So as I moved through my career in sales and marketing, and moved quite often for those um, positions, I always had this in the back of my mind that I wanted to go to massage therapy school. I wanted to learn how to do that. So finally, when I was in my mid-30s, I left the jobs that I had had in my past life, and I found a school in Salt Lake City, and I went to school, and I have been involved in the spa and massage industry ever since, and that's been about 25 years. So it sounds to me like there are two levels to it right there's the the body work itself the massage part and um, your first experience with a native healer there's also some type of healing going on some type of energy that is being worked with can you elaborate a little bit yeah you know you have to understand i was pretty young 21 i didn't really understand what the healer was doing all i knew is they were working my muscles and i I got off that table and I felt like a different person. Now, that process of energy changing or moving or really the the experience and process of healing, I mean, I think it took many years. 
and it, it's probably still going on. But but when I look back on it today, as somebody that has a lot more experience and a lot more knowledge in the field of the different layers of what therapeutic touch can provide for someone, I can see that there was definitely, I mean, he was definitely moving energy and working with my energy field, probably chakras, probably um, some type of um, energy lines, whether they were meridians or sun lines. Mm. So looking back, I understand that now. At the time, I didn't. When did this start? When did you start to realize that there's actually more going on beyond the touch? When I went to massage therapy school. So back in back when I went to school, the, it was the massage education field was kind of a, a quirky, off the grid education style. And so I had many teachers that really worked from that space of moving energy, whether it was through a Swedish massage technique or whether it was through holding Jinchen Jitsu points or Jinchen Do points. And then I had an experience in school where we were um, encouraged to go out and receive bodywork treatments from you know, people in the community. And so I went and had a session from this woman, a holotropic breathwork session. Basically, it's deep breathing and she guides this deep breathing. And, you know, the purpose is to work with energy systems and work with energy blockages in the body. And Victor, it was such a crazy experience because she was guiding me and I felt all seven of my chakras spinning. I thought I was going to wow. vibrate off the ground. Yeah. And so I came out of that and I'm like, what in the heck was that? And, um, you know, then picked up a book on, you know, at that time I picked up a book on, on chakras and started learning about that. And so for me that there's this, this idea of energy and working with energy and really understanding that, you know, intricately and really deeply we're an energetic system. Human beings are, well, probably every living thing on the planet is. And knowing that the act of uh, being present and the act of, you know, these different um, types of approach to bodywork and massage can affect that, that knowledge or the basic knowledge or understanding came to me pretty early in my massage therapy career. Now, we live in, a, in such a brainy society. I mean, everything is about achievement. It's about reasoning. It's about logic. We talk about mind over matter. It's all about making money. Where does the body come in? That's quite the conundrum of our modern day society here, too. And, and I really feel like we're, you know, I really feel like as a society in the United States, we're getting really far away from, you know, our true essence and our true being and who we really are. And, you know, if we look at the spa industry or the wellness industry, massage therapists, body workers, I mean, these all these these components are really super important to the, the future health and development of the human being and their potential. It's, you're, we're not going to find it through technology. I so, totally agree with technology that. technology can support it, yeah, technology can support it. I mean, we've, we've gone way too far down the line. You know, I was reading an article the other day, a blog publication called Next Draft, and he was talking, there was an article that he put a link in there about how the generation today is is getting more depressed and less social um, than any other generation that this researcher has tracked back to like the 1930s. 
because technology and the iPad and the iPhone are isolating them more. And so this idea of all these things that are really helpful and healthy for an individual are, um, you know, kind of fallen by the wayside as we look at this striving to achieve more and be more and make more. And that, I don't think that's the next evolutionary step is through technology. I believe the next evolutionary step and leap will be through us finally starting to understand the energetic system of the body. Oh, thank you. I love that. I made the same observation and it's almost like we're regressing, right? When you look at the Romans, they had this, um, a healthy mind and a healthy body. Right. And the healthy body comes from all different types of things that we do to our bodies. Yet today, there are so many people out there who don't even feel anything anymore. They, they, they are not in their bodies. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I, when I was practicing massage therapist, I was also uh, became an instructor for a large massage college um, in Salt Lake. And I used to teach my students that, you know, what you have to understand going out and working on people is most people live from their eyebrows up. Yeah. So basically, they're so in their head that they, they are not in contact with anything in their body and you know things like body work and massage really help people really help bring the awareness into this vehicle that's driving us through life it's the only thing constant we have in our life from death to birth or birth to death is this body yeah. it's the only yeah. constant thing like everything else can go by the wayside you can you know lose a marriage or lose a car or lose a you know a fortune or lose your house or you know, gain all this stuff. But the only thing that's always there for us that takes us through is this body. And this idea of really understanding that as a body worker and a massage therapist and helping people, you know, get in touch with that more. I mean, I think that's why yoga is becoming so popular. Because, yeah. you know, yoga really forces people to really be in their body. I mean, when you're really doing those postures, you have to be pretty present to do them. Um, yes. And I think that there's a lot of things that happen that people are, they become interested in something like yoga, thinking it's for the physical aspects. But I really think spirit and unconscious talks to us too um, and yes. guides us, even though we're not consciously aware of it. Well, I practice yoga and a lot of it. And from my perspective, it's all about the energy and it's, it's mm. the breathing. It's the breathing, getting fresh air into your body, oxygenate your body. Yeah, that's beautiful. Now, from your perspective, I mean, you have worked with so many people. You have helped a ton of people. What happens to us when we don't take care of our body? Uh, well, boy, any, any ailments that physical, muscular, skeletal ailments that you can look at today, I believe have a lot to do with, with lack of care for the body. And that care is really about nutrition, rest, exercise, play, creative endeavors, family, community, love, you know, there's all these different aspects of what that means to take care of the body. But when we're totally uh, narrowly focused on one thing, like climbing a corporate ladder or, you know, making a lot of money or it, this whole aspect of being success, what we call successful, some of those things start going by the wayside. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I always said that It doesn't mean that you're guaranteed like perfect health your whole life if you're caring for yourself. But what it does mean is that regardless of what life throws at you and what maybe health issues you might have, you can manage to live happier and, and, 
healthier or with less pain or stress, regardless of those issues. I absolutely agree with that. I'll let you jump in on that because it sounded like you had something to add. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. um, I absolutely agree with that. So what I noticed is um, when I started changing my nutrition and, and uh, doing more yoga and also practicing meditation, I got calm. Mm. There's less stuff that's flustering me now. And I think that actually is mirrored in your body. Uh, when you're stressed, your body is stressed. Your systems are stressed. Your vessels are stressed. Your heart is stressed. And the things that we tend to eat nowadays, or that, that actually we are told to eat, induce more of that stress. So what I've observed, I'm, I'm a highly sensitive person. Yes, you are. <laughs> I've come to the conclusion that it's all about energy and we carry this energy with us and we carry it into everything that we do. So for example, when I walk into a building or an office or a team setting, meeting room, my body tells me what's going on, especially if something is off. Um, it literally contorts my body. So for example, I get cramped shoulders, I get a stiff neck, maybe I get stomach pain, or it feels like a straitjacket. And for the longest time, I thought it's me that something is wrong with me until I realized, no, I'm just picking up a lot of stuff. And I know that there are a lot of people out there who, th who feel similar, who think something is wrong with them. So my question is, how can therapeutic touch and wellness help in today's workplaces and with, with the stress and anxiety and everything that we experience today? Yeah, if, if we receive services like massage or body work on a regular basis, from my experience, it increases the awareness that we have and this awareness of what it means to feel good and not feel good, because that's the first part, like a physical feel good and not feel good. I believe most people are walking around, they don't even understand how stressed they are. So yeah. this idea of putting someone in a state of relaxation and calm and then really working, working those laying hands on the body and doing whatever body work or, or work is provided, you know, is going to help bring that awareness. And then that, mm -hmm. that awareness of physical, if the person keeps, you know, walking that path, the awareness of physical can turn into the awareness of emotional and spiritual. Yes. And then we can take a moment and say, does this feel good to me or does this not feel good to me? You know, is this a safe place or does it not feel safe? And that idea of walking being more conscious as we walk through life we haven't been trained to do that from childhood um we're just running through life and racing through life and i'm not lecturing anybody because i've totally been here i've been <laughs> in that space right so yeah it's, it's you know if if anybody can learn from my years of dysfunction I'd, i'll be really happy to pass on and share the stories but but that idea of slowing down and questioning and this idea of, of building sensitivity, to me, that would be a great class or training or approach to take is how do we build up our sensitivity? Because, you know, we're told from early age that being sensitive is not cool. I remember my dad, when I was growing up, he'd be like, you're too damn sensitive. Like, I totally remember this, you know? And so we're told to toughen up and be to strong. To suck it up. And, you know, yeah. Suck it up, yeah, face to the world. suck it up and, and you know, man up and, and all those wonderful things that we are being told, right? And right. the interesting thing is you just mentioned it. We are not even taught 
what relaxation feels like. Actually, we are not even taught to feel. We are only taught to think. Think, 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 think. And we are not even honoring what our bodies tell us. And, and it's what you just said. Does this place feel safe to me? Does this interaction feel good? Is this person pulling me down? Does this person suck out my energy? Am I feeling uplifted right now? I mean, those are all incredibly helpful hints and those things are built into us. We need to learn how to recognize them, but we don't need to learn them. Our bodies know before our brain knows. It's, it's very interesting. Right, right. And, that, and that recognition is also about not blaming yourself. So yeah. I think for me, I remember past experiences, I would say, okay, I, this person, I am not feeling comfortable in, in this. I'm not feeling comfortable how they're treating me. There must be something wrong with me. Yes. So there's a tendency to, you know, blame ourselves for not fitting in or not going with the flow of whatever's happening. I've been told that I was too sensitive and I'm a man. Right. Right. By my supervisors. You're too sensitive, Victor. Uh, I'm like, uh, or don't take things so personally. And I, I thought, well, yeah, damn right, I will take things personally because it is personal. <laughs> you know, I hate this when they people say, oh, this is not this is not personal, it's business. Well, it's personal to us, right? That line doesn't even make sense. But that shows you that people will just buy into anything, you know, without dissecting and saying, wait, that doesn't make sense. Absolutely. Now, when or how did you get involved in rolling out something that used to be a niche and maybe for very wealthy people like massages was something that that mainstream definitely did not do how did you get involved into rolling this out to a large audience and make it affordable yeah well first of all so i you know for me um i wasn't the one that started massage envy i was recruited early on on their executive team mm -hmm. so there was um, a gentleman um, and his partner who was a massage therapist came up with the idea of combining massage and membership like a gym and then opening in convenient locations. And so, you know, they, they franchised or they applied for their franchise model, franchisor model in 2003, they started franchising. So they recruited me in 05 to, um, to be the director of franchise training and then you know, a year later, the vice president of industry relations and product development, because they knew early on that if this model caught on, they would need somebody that had expertise and experience helping to create what's happening in the back of the house. Yeah. So with the massage therapists and then, you know, eventually estheticians and the services and the, the education and the schools and the foundations and the associations, they needed to have a bridge built to all that. And so they recruited me in 05 to do that. But if you think about the time, I, I think it's super interesting because I've gone back and tracked this. You know, Americans were coming out of the 90s and we were really looking, uh, the, the idea of alternative options for staying he healthy or well or managing pain or stress. They were starting, Americans were starting to look at that more. And then as we came into this new century, in 2002, this book hit the, hit the stand called The Wellness Revolution. I think you yeah. and I talked about that before. Yes, we did. Um, and so there was this thing about Americans coming into this new century, having an idea that there are there's more options out there for them on the natural and healthy front, alternative or holistic front. 
Americans having more of um, a disposable income, and then this idea of this wellness industry being starting to form, and then Massage Envy started popping up. It, it was kind of the perfect storm for a business. You know, when from my perspective and from the perspective of the energy paradigm, what we observe is that many people are suffering today in their lives and in their jobs. And, and we are told that it's okay to take medication to take care of it. What's your perspective on that? Um, I think we've been bamboozled by the pharmaceutical industry. Not that I want to make any enemies out there. Peace and love to everybody. But, um, of course. but my parents came from a time where you know, the doctor was a miracle worker and he knew everything. And taking that pill was a miracle. I don't think there was an understanding in their generation that it was just treating symptoms. You know, they just they just didn't have that understanding. Even today, my mom takes so much medication that it's it's just um, horrific for me to think about. It, from my perspective, I take nothing. I just refuse to go down that route. I believe that there are people out there that really need various medications that have helped change their life. And help them live, you know, that have really debilitating diseases and that couldn't function without that medication. But I, but I see us using it as a crutch too much and past generations as a crutch too much. Just going that direction as opposed to trying to figure out what the, what the deeper causes are. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. And I share that with you. I'm not taking anything and I want to keep it that way. So I, I rather then spend money on, on uh, yoga, mindfulness courses, and whatever alternative uh, approaches that, uh, there are uh, to prevent things. And I think that is probably the mindset that um, I would love to see, especially here in the United States, the, the mindset of prevention instead of treating when something goes wrong. And I, you know, it, it seems like more Americans are going that route. I mean, we wouldn't have all of this wellness things going on so big and, you know, Dr. Oz and Andrew Well and Deepak Chopra and, you know, all these things are happening because people are standing up and listening. So for me, my hope is that the, the generations now, the younger generations are learning more about that at an early age, you know, so that they, there, it comes natural to them. But I've always been, I've always been a little blown away that in, even in, school the, the kids don't learn about their bodies yeah. so it would be so amazing to have an anatomy course in elementary school where they really understood about how their body works on a basic level how the muscles work you know what happens when you put bad food in it and you know simple things to where they could they really would understand i love that that and make better choices absolutely that's exactly what's needed you're so right and on top of that Uh, I would like to add one more thing for schools, which is to teach some type of mindfulness awareness, uh, not only of the body, but also of the mind. Uh, your thoughts create your reality, how you perceive, what type of energy do you accumulate, what are you putting out there to just up the sensitivity. I think this is probably it. Yeah, you know, and there's such li there's so many things that parents can do. I mean, I watch my one of my nieces and she's she, she has a pretty um, energetic <laughs> uh, younger child six years old I mean he he can get pretty energetic and so you know she'll she has a, a little saying that she says to him 
you know, not like calm down or stop it or whatever. Just like you're getting cake pop crazy is what she says to him, you know, and and um, and then he stops and he does a yoga pose. So she's taught him how to do these yoga poses, you know, to help calm himself down. And to me, I just love that because it's not like she just went right to the doctor and said, oh, he needs some medication or, you know, uh, for his, you know, energetic, you know. Hyperactive, yeah. It does work. It's great. Well, he gets sugar can really affect him, right? Oh yeah. And so, so one time he ate one of those cake pops. You know, uh, there's a little cake on, like a popsicle cake, right?、Mm-hmm. And he got really nutty, and so, <laughs> so、pop. now she just calls it you're getting cake pop crazy. And so then he goes, okay, and then he'll do the tree pose, or you know, he'll do something. <laughs> so, I love that. It's so sweet. Yeah, and you know、yeah. what? Why not use something like this in an office type setting?、Uh, what I've seen is, is there's so much friction is is generated with expectations. So it would be a fantastic exercise to just you know in the meeting room before the meeting starts, let go <clears throat> of all the expectations. Not don't expect anything because that will make it so smooth. Those type of things, I would love to see that in business in some shape or form. Oh, I just love that idea. Because you know, in a corporate office or in a big business, you're throwing all kinds of personalities in the pot. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like making soup. You know, <laughs> you just throw it all in there, and you're hoping everything's going to turn out good. You know,、um, <laughs> potluck. <laughs>、uh-huh. Yeah, I had to throw a few pots down the sink, definitely. There you、um, go. But no. you know, for acknowledging that and then taking time to stop or, or just. Ease the friction,、yeah. um, so that everybody can get refocused on really what they're there for,、um, and you know this idea of working together and working as a team and supporting each other. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, for your business and what you what you guys are doing there at Energy Paradigm is pretty phenomenal. And if you think if you pare it down, really, what you know, what you've realized is. is It's the simple things that can make the biggest difference. Where you're not asking someone to do like this 18-step process, you're just saying, "No, let's just do this、yeah. thing, and then let's see how that goes." Right? And it's these little things that can make just such a big difference. It doesn't have to be like a giant leap across the country. Absolutely. What I've noticed is those giant leaps often they don't work because they're too complex. People cannot follow them.、Uh-huh. And it's not about dumbing down. It is making it accessible. And easily accessible, and it's it's as simple as maybe a mediation, a team mediation. Help team members who are、um, on the opposite side of personality scales work with each other and understand each other. Right. Just that little bit of information can change the entire interaction because then you can say, "Oh wow, you know what? He's as stressed as I am." <laughs> and then you can take it from there, you know. And then you can have a meaningful conversation and learn how to collaborate without yelling at each other and berating and backstabbing and all the wonderful things that we see in in, in corporate contexts. <laughs> Now, CG, you are part of the global wellness movement and and the global platform for health and wellness experts. What are your biggest takeaways? What are people at this very high level talking about, and what are the trends that we might be seeing in the next years and the years to come? So, what I've noticed is that over the last couple of years, there have been more medical professionals coming to the summit and wanting to learn and figure out how they can integrate 
alternative and holistic um, approaches into their medical practices. So that's super positive. I think this is a wonderful development. Yeah. This country, I believe, in the United States has been the country the most far away from natural healing and holistic approaches for the last hundred years or so. Now, CG, you actually have made a very big change about a year and a half ago. At the peak of an extremely successful career, you have decided to quit and to take time off. I love this gutsy move. <laughs> How are you experiencing this time? Well, yeah, it was, um, it was a big decision. You know, I had a pretty high caliber position, you know, with all the trappings of that. I was at the top of my game and there were several reasons why I decided to step out. One of them was my mom is aging and I wanted to be able to spend more time with her because she lives in a different city than I do. I was on the road so much with Massage Envy, which was an incredible experience, but I just needed to figure out how to spend more time with her, you know, while I still had the opportunity, really. And then, so yeah. that was like the main, the main goal and the main focus. But what was interesting was what transpired over the first year, because it's been a year and a half now. But that first year when I came to this basically screeching halt, um, my, I, like, I just, my body broke down. I mean, it was, it's been a very interesting process because I realized for so many years I was living on this adrenaline, uh, you know, I just keep going, going, going. And when I stopped going, I realized how much I had um, abused and stressed myself through that process. So the first year, I was just healing, really understanding what I had done to myself physically and emotionally and how I can repair that and how to look out for not doing that in the future. So the things that we've been talking about on this call are really, I've lived it, Um And so it was, it's been a really great time. And so when I was just going to take a year off and I rolled into this year too, because I'm still, you know, helping to care for my mom and I still, you know, felt like I just needed a little more time, you know, for someone coming from the executive corporate world to, to put yourself in that situation and to really face what's happening and to do it. Um, it's scary and it's, um, you're unsure And you'll have doubt and you'll wonder what the heck you did when you did it. Um, <laughs> I'm sure I yeah. know you can relate because you did the same thing a few years ago, several years ago, right? Right. I took this leap of faith and it has been a most transformative time <laughs> yeah. and a blessing. Mm. And it was shit scary. Um, and at the same time, <laughs> it was needed. And very fulfilling. Mm -hmm. CG, I know you as a very lively and energetic person. <laughs> and how do you recharge? Well, it's rest and, you know, getting massage and body work is, is my, one of my favorite interventions. And, you know, I really am the type of person that can be out there. And so there's, there is a lot of energy in, but I'm also a person that spends a unusual amount of time alone. So I, make sure that I have no problem with hiking for the day by myself or taking a trip by myself. And for me, that's what helps keep me balanced. This idea of, yes, when, I, when I'm in a, 
in the area or a process of engaging, I can just engage with lots of people and enjoy it and connect with people. But there is this other side of me that I've learned to honor um, and more so in the last couple of years of taking time by myself. That's how I find my balance. That's beautiful. If you had to give an advice, what would be the most important advice? A couple of things. So what I would say to anybody is that the rewards that I've reaped have come from the place of taking risks and not being afraid of change. Standing in a space of like when we talked earlier about that feeling in your gut your, where you know this just doesn't work for me anymore. Yeah. And really understanding that. And so this idea of listening to yourself and believing in yourself, because I can guarantee you, if you have a great idea, people are going to want to diminish your excitement about it. I mean, oh, you, if yes. you believe in it and you believe in it 100 percent, don't let anybody tell you you're wrong, because there have been stages in my life where nobody supported the things that I chose to do. Family, friends, no one. And I went ahead and did them regardless. Yes. And they turned out to be probably the most important journeys and steps in my life. And so this idea of find people that are going to support you with this idea and with your business, make sure that you can take care of yourself in the process of starting it. And then don't be afraid of taking risk and change. Listen, Victor, man, at the end of the day, we're here on this planet for a very short time. Yes. And we get really wrapped up in the trappings of the physical world. And we get really wrapped up in this idea of, you know, there we've just been sold a lot of bogus bill of goods about what life is supposed to be and what it's not supposed to be. And if you can get out of that, what you're supposed to do and realize what you're meant to do and what you were put on the planet to do, you, you are going to live a happy, fulfilled, satisfying life. You know what? I have nothing to add. Thank you so much, CG. <laughs> what a great conversation. Was, yeah, I loved it. Was it was really great. I, I love connecting with you and I'll look forward to seeing you. Thank you for listening. If you're interested in learning more about the energy paradigm, please visit our website, theenergyparadigm.com. Like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, watch us on YouTube. It's time to change the paradigm. You can do your share by spreading the word and by shining your light. Have an energized day.